Hi, everybody, and welcome to this, the next episode of Wemek Talks. I'm here with Ollie, unsurprisingly. <laughs> and we have an awesome guest for you. However, I can't speak French anymore. Uh, I'm sorry, Madame Bartoff. Ollie, can you say the name of the person that we spoke to, whom I now adore, by the way? Luckily, the uh, <clears throat> feeling seems to be vaguely mutual, which is great. Um, <laughs> We have Emmanuel Lenormand uh, talking to us from Disney. See, I can say his first name. Anyway, yes, thank you, Ollie, for uh, covering up my um, lack of covering up of my French. Yeah, it's a great episode, you guys. Uh, lots and lots of really great stories from Emmanuel and yeah, just had the best time. And Ollie and I both got up early for it, too. So... I mean, if you know us, you know we're not morning people. So mm. it was a complete pleasure, though. I would do it again. Anytime. Yeah. No, no Emmanuel was on great form, and he's been working with uh, Disney since, well, the late 80s, basically. And, uh, yeah, he's uh, now someone that we deal with on our Disney trips, um, and he's just a fantastically creative uh, person. And, uh Got lots of interesting tidbits, so I think we should just let him take it away. Yep, let's get straight to the point, guys. Enjoy. Well, we're very excited and privileged to have a special guest with us today on the pod, and that is Emmanuel Lenormand, uh, who we work with at Disneyland Paris. Good morning, Emmanuel. How are you? Bonjour, bonjour, England. Yeah, bonjour. <laughs> <laughs> I'm totally fine. I'm very happy to be here with you today. Excellent. Well, we appreciate your time, definitely. Um, you've got a lot of stuff going on at the moment. So you've got the uh, plans for Let's Sing Christmas on Chantant Noël. Um, so how, how's preparation for that going? We've got, obviously, our group of singers going over there um, next week. Yeah, you know, like Christmas is one of my favorite time of the year, just like the song. And it's, it is really like a, a great time. And I mean, the best time, it's really the preparation, the rehearsals and the walking with the singers. And of course, Mickey, Minnie and the gang. I mean, walking with the designers. It's, it's very, very exciting. Costuming, makeup, wigs. I love that moment just right before. It's like we're opening in two weeks now, less than two weeks. So it's the, it's the best time for me. Really, I love it. Fantastic. Well, Katie, which year did you go um, to Disney? 2019. 2019. Yeah, it was it was pure magic. Um, I've I've told this story before, but I performed at Disneyland growing up with the American School of the Hague. Uh, so I remember Sue from 1996 when I first went. So coming back um, as a as an adult with air quotes um, <laughs> to do Let's Sing Christmas was just magical. It was amazing. Wow, that's so good to hear that the Disney is so powerful and the the the, the legacy we leave to people like, it's always mm-hmm. really amazing. Yeah. So many memories and influenced my life completely. 
Oh, wow. I love that. Absolutely. And then I was lucky to do my first trip uh, in last Christmas, 2021. And that was my <clears throat> very first visit to Disneyland or any of the parks ever. So I was lucky to be going as a performer with, with West End Musical Choir. So that was a very special moment, even if we were in the middle of a complicated lockdown and restrictions and all the rest of it, but we still had a fantastic time. It was uh, quite the trip. Wonderful. So good to hear. Now then, we um, sorted out some questions for you. Um, and I think just if we were to start with just a little bit more information about yourself, what your role at Disney is, and maybe sort of your journey to Disney and your position now, if that would be okay, Emmanuel. Of course. Uh, yeah, Disney, it's always been part of my life. When I was young, I remember my parents uh, driving like the kids to the movie theater to watch a Disney every Christmas. And at that time, we were not like... We were not traveling just like today, and I had two brothers and one sister. And we didn't go to Florida for vacation. So Disney World and Disneyland was just like, we knew that it was the happiest place on earth, but impossible to go. So my, when, when I first arrived in Paris, my first audition was for Disney. Uh, they had a TV show on TV. And uh, I was taken immediately. And then, so I worked on TV for Disney. And then the first American arrived in 1988 for the first edition in Paris. I was a dancer at that time and an actor. And they employed me uh, for four years. I was not a full that was not a full contract job. That was just like uh, time to time we were working on the promotion of Disneyland Paris because, of course, it was not open. <laughs> and then uh, they asked me to have an experience. I was so lucky that they asked me to have an experience in Disneyland, Disney World in Florida for six months. So I went in 1990, and I worked there for six months to learn everything about entertainment. And then I came back at the beginning, early 92. The park opened in April, so I was in charge of the parade, the dance captain. And, and then when we were walking really hard at Disney, that really the magic happened. It's like you grew up and uh, I'm lucky enough to be a, a show director, media supervisor today. And it's, I always said in the interview that it's the best job ever because it's, you're working. I mean, when you're passionate, it, you, you don't, you don't feel walking every day. It's like Confucius mm. said that if you do something you love, you don't have the feeling that you're walking. So it's just a pleasure coming to Disney every day to coming to work. And it's, uh, and it's, uh, because we have so many different seasons. We have so many different happenings, events, uh, that it's a, a new day is always different. So it's, so my role is, uh, is, uh, to be an like show director. It's like you're writing shows, you put show on stage, uh, you put everything together, working with costuming designers. Uh, we're working with, uh, singers, of course, actors, dancers, of course, Mickey and the gang. And, so, you know, it's, uh, yeah, I love my job. I'm very, very lucky. Um, absolutely. It's really, you can just tell that everyone on Disney Performing Arts or around the park just love what they do and where they're doing it. Um, it sort of really adds to the experience um, for all of us who visit from choir, just getting that extra level of experience at the park because of because of that. Um I wanted to ask in terms of your show direction, um, which stages do you produce shows for? I mean, we, we work with you on the Videopolis stage, but do you work across other um, venues within the park? Yes, I did so many different things. Uh, I remember my very, very first experience uh, as a show director was 2002 
when I was named as a show director, they asked me to put a, a streetmosphere program on, uh, in the Wally's studio. At that time, the studio just opened. So I was in charge of all the actors. Uh, we were like fake um, filming everywhere, working with actors. And, and uh, I did a show with Credible as well. Um, the movie was going out at that time. And, uh, and then the, uh, I remember one of the big, uh, great projects that was Peter Pan to the rescue. Uh, my boss at that time asked all of us to say, okay, if you have like a weird idea or anything you can think of, please put it on the paper and we choose one. And they choose me actually. And I gave life to the Captain Hood Galleon in Adventureland. And when you go to Adventureland, you have that huge galleon with the skull rock on the, on the left hand side, on the right hand side. And so I, I tell the story of Peter Pan with Captain Hook and Smee and all the lost kids and pirates. And that was a perfect experience to start with and to give life to the, to the fabulous decor we have in the park. And then, I've done so many different parades. I've got the, I did the 20th anniversary parade. I did the 25th anniversary parade. I did the last year new Christmas parade. We're so happy to come back this year with the, for the second time. So, and I, and, and then there's so many events. I mean, I've, I've, I've done thousands of events like out in New York. We have a convention center. We have the Newport Bay Club as well with a huge stage, big theaters. So I can't just remind everything I've done, but it's, uh, yeah, I, I, I must say it would be um, uh, parades, definitely. Uh, before, video police have done the, I, I created the Mickey's Christmas Big Band in, uh, I think that was uh, 2017, I think. And uh, I did a, lot, a few shows on Castle Stage as well. We had a stage on the right-hand side of the castle. I've done Mary Stitchmas as well, the show for Christmas for kids, really cute. I've done so many Halloween shows. I was in charge of Halloween seasons for me for many years. So I've done a, a lot of uh, Halloween shows. I love Disney villains. And um, We've got a question about that later, but we'll yeah. build, we'll build okay. to that, definitely. Right. Right. <laughs> so, you know, so many memories. I, can't, I mean, I should put everything on the paper and send it to you <laughs> because yeah, I've just, done so many things. Yeah, a very, good, <clears throat> a very good history of Disney. I think that's the thing that some of our members are, very um, much aficionados of all things Disney and the parks. They know how much goes on in terms of the events and the venue. But I think for others, it'll be interesting. it's definitely insightful to know that there's just, you've obviously got the attractions and so on, but every day you've got something going on somewhere that has to be created and then practice, rehearse, and then executed on the day. I mean, when we were there in September, we can, we can probably go into more detail about the 30th anniversary as it's the most recent. Um, it was amazing seeing how the parades ran, all the decoration, all the character interactions and the parades, how there's a certain military element of timing and sort of perfection. Like we commented on the fact that the, the last float went through the gates in the village as it finished and the doors closed literally on the last beat of the song. And we were just like, okay, wow, that's, uh, that's some real efficiency <laughs> there. So yeah, it was, um, very special, but we've obviously just gone through Halloween. What was the, uh, sort of, what did you create for the, for this year's Halloween? I, I was not in charge of the Halloween uh, season this year. This year, okay. My colleagues, I was in charge of the, some of the events we've done for the Halloween Arctic event. We had two nights on the 29th and the 31st. 
uh, swept on some stuff, but no, not for the season this year. But it, it, it's funny that you mentioned that when the parade is in the park and the last note of music with the door closing, believe me, it takes a lot of nights to arrive there. I'm sure it does. So it, it looks, it sounds easy, it looks easy, but it's not. And luckily, we're lucky enough to have so many fabulous people walking in the shade, uh, technicians and sound engineer that we coming to that moment where I'm, I'm, I mean, for the Christmas parade is happening in 10, I mean, 12 days. It's the same thing. It's, it's I want the door to close on the last note. So it, it takes a long, <laughs> a lot of nights to get there, but it's, but I mean, Disney, it's all about details. And I mean, of course we can, we can close the door without being on the music and the parade still looks fabulous, but it's all those little details that make the difference. I think. Absolutely. It really does. It really does. It's just that we were, because of our sort of role within choir, sort of trying to, you know, source out rehearsals, performances and everything. I think we had our sort of semi-professional eye on that. We were just, we were just happened to be walking behind the floats. And I think it was Matt. So he just called it out and it's like, that's a very good point. That's definitely not by accident. So, um, <laughs> as you said, it's a lot of practice overnight and so on, but, for our listeners, what is a day in the life um, in your job at Disney? Um, what, what do you sort of like get up to most days, or is there a specific like weekly or seasonal cadence to it? As I said earlier, I mean every day is different, but mm. I mean we have a lot of meetings because, of course, uh, producing a parade or producing a show takes a long time. So we have. Every, every week we have a weekly meeting. For example, now I'm working, of course, on Christmas, but my next project is New Year's Eve. We had a fabulous party with 28,000 guests in the park, private party. And so I'm doing a show, a disco show, Mickey's Fun Disco Party. And uh, it's uh, so we have meetings every week. And then I'm going to run to maybe the recording studio because we have a recording studio here at Disney, which is fabulous as well. So we have, we, we're working with sound engineers. So I'm going to be maybe spending my morning in the, in the, in the recording studio, working on the, on the show tape with maybe voice recording music. And then we're going to run to a studio because we have dance rehearsals or, uh, blocking and, um, and meeting again. I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I've got my car. I mean, you, you see the park, but outside it's a town backstage and you run to a studio to recording studio, go back to my office. Luckily, we have Zoom now. Today, so he walks a lot, so you can sit somewhere in the break room and assist the meeting, and then run to another rehearsal. And sometimes we all, and I can stay as well in Paris when we don't have to be physically here. We can uh, uh, thanks to Zoom as well. We can uh, we can we can assist the meeting with the computer. But it's really uh, I'm almost there every day because we have so much going on. And especially at this time of the year when we just did Halloween, working on the Halloween nights, working on Christmas, working on New Year's Eve, it never stops. So every day is different, but it's, this is what I like about Disney. And it's, it's really like, it's fabulous. You're running the costuming because you have to check, for example, for, for Let's Sing Christmas, we have Minnie's wearing a new costume for the new number we're going to have. So you're going to work with the costume designer, fabulous team as well. We're lucky enough to have like 40 CDI. Uh, contract here with people, talented people working at costuming. So, and then you're going to run to maybe sometimes we have an issue with the parade because I'm in charge as well of the 25th parade. We're still playing every day, the daily parade. So sometimes we you can have like an emergency walking on a float because we have a problem, a technical problem. So you have to find some solutions. So it's, 
there's no typical day at Disney, but it's, this is my typical day, actually. Very, very busy, running everywhere. <laughs> this is what I like about it. It sounds really just invigorating and exciting. And yeah, I can, I can tell from the smile on your face right now that it must give you so much life to just be running around the park doing all these different things. It's amazing to hear. Um, can you tell us a bit about how the Disney Performing Arts program has grown over time? And then maybe a little bit about how the pandemic impacted you guys as well. Yeah, so uh, I think we should have invited Sue Arondel because she's a fabulous person. So the funny story, I met Sue in 1991. I remember I told you I went to Florida for six months and she was working over there in that European contract. Uh, and then we met uh, at Disney World working together and then we came back together opening the parade and uh, and then she chose to go to that at that time that, that it was Magic Musical Days and then we changed it to Disney Performing Arts and she gave I mean she gave a life to that department and and so I've got an enormous uh, recognition to that woman she's fabulous and the way she welcomes the group she she treat people. She's so involved. Uh, she, she's just an amazing person. And then she asked me, uh, I think that was 10 years ago, to join the Disney Performing Arts as a show director. So what we tried, yeah, it's really to, to, uh, to grow up that legacy that Disney can give and uh, uh, to welcome the guests and try to change the experience. Of course, uh, the, the, the basic of Disney Performing Arts is like we're lucky enough to perform on the stage with uh, lights and sounds and, and show to the European guests uh, what you do, like if you're singing, you play music, tap dance. And, and, but then we want to, uh, we really want to go to that second level where we can do some workshops, as we're doing for the past three, four years, theater workshop, dance workshops, singing workshops with professional people. And, and our dream was actually Let's Sing Christmas because we say, what about having that, giving the luck to, to, to external uh, amateur groups to perform on stage with professional singers, professional uh, setting, lights, decor, uh, sound, and of course, Nicky and me. And, and we, 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 we're so happy that it happens. And, and we're working now. The next level would be we wanted to do a Let's Sing Disney, so to sing the fabulous Disney songs not related to Christmas so we can do it all, all year long. And, uh, to welcome the group. So that's the next level. But it's, I mean, nothing could have been done without Sue. She's so involved. Sue, Angela, uh, I love those two women. They're so involved. And uh, we should give them a big round of applause because they're fabulous. <laughs> Absolutely. We've, yep. uh, we've been, we've been trying to get Sue on the podcast. Uh, she's just a very busy person. So if you could yeah. maybe, you know, Help have us. a word and say, <laughs> It's, it's not too scary to be on the pod with us. That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. But she's incredibly welcoming and generous when we're there. And, um, it was wonderful seeing her in September. So yeah, I mean, we noticed obviously on the name badges when we were there that she's got a special ribbon. Um, so she's been there since, since the park opening and everything. So she's uh, dedicated her life to it. And, uh, it's clear in the, the output how, um, how special that, that, that involvement is. Yeah, I lost my ribbon actually because we had the same, and I lost it in the uh, at the Pride event in the. Oh no. I was so sad. <laughs> That's okay. Yes, yeah, she's in thirty years of magic. Yeah, definitely. How did COVID impact the program? I mean, 
hugely, obviously, but yeah. And, and the park, I guess. Yeah, and the park. Yeah. Any reflections uh, on how that had an uh, impact on you guys? Yeah, when you're thinking about the pandemic, and and I think it's it, it was such a weird time, and all the all my team as a director was uh, off for uh, almost six months, except myself and my boss. We were walking uh, because we didn't know where we we're going to open again. So that every week it's like, okay, if if it opens in two weeks, what are we going to do? If uh, I remember when we were like. Uh, uh, in March 20, uh, 20 years, and are we going to be able to do Halloween? We didn't have any idea. And that was like, no, of course we're going to do Halloween. And we haven't done it because uh, it was still running. So it, and then it was Christmas. What are we going to do? How are we going to present the characters to the guests? And so we were working so hard without any um, date or nothing. That was just, and, it's, and then for Sue, that was, uh, of course, a nightmare because uh, everything stopped. And, but the, what is fabulous? To see that fabulous year we had this year, 20, um, 2022, and we for the 30th anniversary when the park, I mean, all the guests are here every day. It's so packed. It's so full every day. The 30th anniversary is huge. All the comments we had and the groups are coming back. So, um, I mean, we had a nice program this year, but we already have requests for next year for Let's and Christmas, for example. And we've done some workshops in September. We're going to do some others in January and March. So, I mean, it's, um, it's already very far behind. And, and believe me, when I'm thinking about all of us in the park wearing masks and being so protective to, uh, to the others, I, I, I don't, I mean, it's, it's, it's so behind. It's, it's crazy. It's, it's that, I, 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 we were really, really wearing masks every day. It's, yeah, it's far behind. It is just a very strange thought process, definitely yeah. for not just for the park, but for just general life living in London. It is bizarre sort of seeing how much things have changed this year, uh, in particular. So yeah, I can imagine that it's a very, a very strange time. And, uh, and to see how, how Disney put everything uh, together to protect the guests, even in the queue lines in the attraction everywhere. All the, all, all, everything they put in place was amazing. So the guests came back, of course. Luckily, the magic is here. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. was the thing. My first experience of Disney uh, in the parks was in that sort of window between uh, sort of October and December 2021, where we thought we were coming out of it, and then suddenly the Omicron variant came back. But the way that uh, Disney ran everything, the safety, and just the efficiencies of the park was just it it meant that I was able to enjoy the magic of the park but know that I was in a in a safe environment. So yeah, I think And you know the good thing about it, it's you know, when you have an accident in your life, sometimes you think in a different way. And uh, mm. and uh, and then believe me or not, but the way we're presenting our Disney characters now today are a bit different due to that pandemic because we, we tried new ways and sometimes it's like, oh, but it works and the guests love it. I remember we had that big welcome on the train station with all the characters and then we kept it because it's a fabulous idea and we never thought of it if we didn't have that pandemic. And even the opening of Letting Christmas, I couldn't bring all the singers from the audience and I think now it looks much, much better because we opened the curtains a little bit. That lady is here and then opening again and it, the opening is bad and I never thought of it if we didn't have that restriction of not being close to the guests. So... I mean, you know, it's it's very it's being very positive, and I'm very always very positive. But it's uh, 
it's uh, it works believe me when you when you have um, restrictions you think differently and that's very that's very interesting yeah no i mean good stuff happens even when bad things are happening right because it just yeah forces creativity and different yeah. ways of thinking about stuff and just thinking outside the box and how you can exactly. adapt so yes um and I mean, you've already made mention of, of how Zoom has changed the way that you can run your day, right? So yeah. good things, good things can happen even when it's bad. But I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that it seems like a distant memory, um, to you guys because yeah, it's the most magical place on earth. So yeah. it's good to know that. And, yeah. And it's good to remind as well that Zoom is great, but it's, I told my boss last week, I said, but we still need big meetings with everyone. Oh, of course. Yeah. Especially for creativity and brainstorming. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. brainstorming, I mean, we've done some brainstorming by Zoom and it's okay. But really, like to be in the, all together in the same room, thinking and laughing and creating, it's, it's nothing compared to, to that. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so we'd like to ask you now, what's the best advice you've ever been given? Or what would you tell your younger self that you wish you'd known at the time? So two different angles. You can answer both or just one. Totally cool. So what is the best advice I can give to myself? This is your question. Yeah, younger self. Yeah. Younger Okay. Is, uh, you know, something I learned with my, uh, my career. When I was 20, I was writing plays and writing stories and books because I love that. I love writing. And I didn't want to share anything with anybody. And I thought I was the best one. And I don't need the help of anybody because I was the best one. <laughs> and something I learned is like, don't work alone. It, I mean, uh, now I'm writing plays for myself and I'm always inviting people or a friend of, friend of mine just to share and just to work together because a, a good idea is great. But when you can share a good idea, it brings you to maybe to a wrong or a stupid idea and then to the best idea ever. And so sharing in the work, it's then first of all, it's so much fun because you're not just by yourself. And then it's, it's really like, um, we all reach, we all have different experiences and we all have different talents and, and just, yeah, it's, it's, it's very, it, it is really something I learned with my, in my career is, it's all about sharing, uh, creativity, uh, sensibility, emotion, and it really drives you to the best place. And, and then to remind humble, this, for me, this is the best quality in the world to remind humble, uh, front of the work. I mean, we have that expression. Rester humble devant le travail in French, being humble in front of the work. I don't, I don't know if it, if it, if it works, if it tells you something, but it speaks for you, but it's, uh, it is really uh, the best thing in the world. And to be, to be aware that it's the world is changing every day and what you've done the, the, the past year. I mean, you grew up, for example, I'm doing a new version of Let's Sing Christmas this year because I, I find that, okay, this is great, but could it be better? And, I was missing some fun, so we're having that fabulous number of uh, All I Want for Christmas, Maya Carey version. So it's, yeah, I was, last year I was a different person, and I'm going to be a different person next year, and just, yeah, try to be, to share, to be humble, and to, to, to always look at your work as like, is it good? Could it be better? I think this is very interesting. And this is something we do always at Disney. It's great, but could it be better? Could we, had something. I mean, we have guests, recurring guests are coming every year, so it's always like a nice surprise to have some, even if it's just one exception. I 
gonna, we're going to have some confettis this year. Let's say Christmas. I'm very excited about it. I love confettis. Kids love confettis. <laughs> it's nothing. Amazing. It's going to be different. <laughs> you know, and, and then it's really like so many times I tell my teams, like, go in the park and look at the audience. This is the best achievement you can have when I see parents having fun with their kids. It really, sometimes it really, I, I have tears in my eyes because I think this is exactly what Disney is all about. It's to give that experience. I mean, Walt Disney was bringing his daughter to the park when he was, when they were little kids and he was bored sitting on a bench. And this is how he gets the idea to say, what about creating a place where parents can have fun with the kids? And I think <laughs> I always tell, I, I, I've done this Halloween party like last, last week, uh, Halloween uh, at the 29th and 31st. And I did that mini pumpkin party and that was all about, Exercises all together, interactivity, hula hoops, and big balloons on the, on the, uh, in the sky, and playing with them. And when I saw all those parents having fun with the kids, it's like, okay, great. This is exactly what we're here for. It's to have to do some family entertainment and have fun all together. And especially, especially now today, we, the people definitely need to get some fun. <laughs> yes, agreed, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. It's, being in the park and watching at the audience is, is, it's great. And sometimes you can also, also check that, oh, okay, it doesn't really work because maybe the parents or maybe the kids are not listening. So it's, it's great as well that you can check on your shows and say, okay, maybe we can do it differently on just too much talking or I don't know, not enough dancing. Uh, it's very, very interesting, but the result of your shows are in the park. We're working for the guests. Yep. Okay, so now we're going to ask you some difficult questions. We're going to ask you favorites, <laughs> which <laughs> is always hard. Um, we're going to start with, what is your favorite Disney musical film? Oh, my first, um, my first is Rapunzel, uh, I See the Lights, it's especially that song. Uh, I think the scenario of Rapunzel is perfect. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the story. I love the challenge. I love the bad, uh, the mother. Uh, Rapunzel is a, uh, she's a fabulous princess and she's got personality. Um, and I had the shock when I, I saw it the first time. I mean, I learned, I love Menken. He's a fabulous composer and Disney was yeah. enough to have Menken for the, for many films. And, but really, uh, that moment in front of the castle, which is like Flynn Rider on that boat and they're singing that song. It's the best. It's perfect. It's it perfect. is. And the, and the way the Chinese lantern are treated, there's thousands of them, and the castle is perfect. And and off, I've got goosebumps. I'm is getting it, emotional thinking about it. <laughs> no, but it, and, and, and knowing that she doesn't even have a clue that the parents are just right there in the castle. Yeah. yeah. And disappeared for many years, and she's so in love, and so and that song is fabulous. And I remember I did a big event when the movie came out, and Alan Menken was in the park and I did, we, Rapunzel was here with lots of villagers dancing on that fabulous music. And Alan Menken came to me and said, Oh, you brought my music to life. I was like, Oh my gosh. Oh, wow. Alan okay. Actually talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> and we had that fabulous number of Chinese lantern going up in the sky. So it's, uh, yeah, that was a perfect moment. And I think also the, the song in the tavern. I'm so glad that you mentioned Rapunzel or Tangled. Uh, yeah, because it's, 
it's it's ours it's our favorite one yeah oh yeah (laughs) i I love it it's it's that kind of movie like you're at home it's like oh let's watch a movie oh this is rapunzel because the it's the story is just perfect the horse is amazing and yeah no and pascal no yeah (laughs) <laughs> yeah um no i mean uh and then and then the era of menken with little mermaid with utilities yeah uh, with Aladdin. i mean it, it's fabulous talent i mean it's fabulous i mean the maybe the second one will be ariel the little mermaid because mm. the, the, the music when you hear part of your world that music sounds under the water it sounds water it's i can't explain it but it's all, all the background music it's you under if you close your eyes you don't know the movie the orchestration it's like you're under the water it's it's so perfectly done uh we're best friends and we didn't know it because literally we both like if you ask us this question um ollie and i both say tangled in little mermaid oh okay we're connected. <laughs> so, clear, clearly connected yeah, yeah. yeah. that's but amazing um i I don't know if you've watched on Disney Plus the documentary um, Howard about Ashman, uh, who was doing the lyrics yeah. with, with Menken. Um, it's tricky because obviously um, in other markets like France, Italy, Germany, there's going to be uh, new lyrics for the market. So maybe some of, some of that isn't as clear for, for people in, in those countries. But the sort of dynamic combination of Ashman and Menken for that period was so integral to Disney reimagining itself really and sort of building an entire um, culture amongst so many of our members and, and people around the world. But yeah, I think for me, Little Mermaid and, and Tangled are definitely up there for me. And then maybe I would, I would also throw in um, Beauty and the Beast as well, just in terms of how, how beautiful the songs are. And knowing that Hashman never saw you in a beast, that's... It's terrible, yeah. It's terrible. And, but you know, it's interesting when you have, um, once upon, what is it, 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 once upon a time, you know, we have the number twos coming in the, on Disney Plus next, uh, Oh, what? Enchanted and Disenchanted? Enchanted. Yes. Enchanted, yeah. yeah. And you know, I didn't know when I watched it first on, on the movie, I didn't know that Ken wrote the, the song. And then, and it's, Hearing that first note, it's like, I love it. Who wrote it? And of course, that was Menken because <laughs> The True Love Kiss, it's a fabulous song. Tacky enough to be so Disney and so Disney and so Disney because actually Disney was making a little joke about itself with yeah. that opening mm. cartoon, but it's, it's, it's fabulous music. That guy, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I'm so excited for Disenchanted. The trailer just makes yeah. it look like yeah. perfection already. I'm very excited. <laughs> When it, when is it coming out? Is it coming out for Christmas? No, it's uh, in it's France, coming eight, out this month, eighteenth oh, of November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so excited. Two weeks. Yeah, I'm having <laughs> a party at home, so everybody has to be dressed as a princess, and we're gonna watch it together. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Very cool. Um, yeah. Uh, when I walked around um, Central Park, I went to New York for the first time in 2019, and I walked around Central Park, and I was definitely imagining. Oh, that whole scene. <laughs> I remember when, when I went to Central Park, I was like, where did they shoot it? Because I want to yes. go where yeah. they did. Yeah. It's everywhere. That scene yeah. is fabulous. Yeah. And I don't know if you saw Newsies on Broadway, but it's... It's I mean, coming like, in uh, the West End very soon. Oh, really? Yeah, um, yeah oh, it's no. coming back. So, yeah. I loved it. And of course, Menken wrote the song. So yeah. Yeah. I love the song. 
Santa Fe for me is one of my favorite songs. It's kind of, I only discovered it in the last few years when I heard it um, during lockdown, funnily enough. And then, yeah, I'm very excited about going to see Newsies when it comes out. So you'll have to come to London, Emmanuel. Oh, definitely, see it. yes. Yeah. Definitely. When I go to London, I take five, six days. I go to the kiosk every morning after prêt à manger <laughs> and, I, and I buy two tickets, one at two, one at seven. Watch like six or eight musicals. I love that. Amazing. And actually, one of the, um, the choreographer who did the 25th anniversary parade, Matt West, is the choreographer for the new version of Beauty and the Beast. I mean, he created Beauty and the Beast 25 years ago, 30 years ago. And then he, he did the new version in London of Beauty and the Beast. And I haven't seen it yet, but it's, I heard it's great. So I have to come back, definitely. Katie, you went to see it, didn't you, in Manchester? Yeah, in Manchester. Um, oh, and that was so. my, yeah, and that was my first show oh. since pre, you know, pandemic. So it was, yeah, Be Our Guest was just stupendous yeah. yeah it's uh a great show and to hear and to hear that music playing live in theater even the first note of the opening number yeah it's, it's a winner i mean it works mm-hmm. yeah so it's so well done yeah mm-hmm. um ollie do you want to ask the next question because you alluded to it earlier i do i do want to ask <laughs> um so we've already mentioned princesses we've already mentioned some villains i think your uh, your knowledge and passion for Disney. I, I kind of want to know your favorite hero and villain, and you can have maybe two or three if you can't boil it down to, to one each. Oh. I, I also love my villains, so we'll have to compare notes. So you want to hear about my villains? Villains, and if you want to have a hero as yeah, well, okay. then you can. Villain, definitely Mrs. Maleficent. She's yes. the first one. And I had a shock when I was young, and I, this is what I always felt. I think Disney reinvented the villains. Uh, when, I mean, when you, when you, when you read all a storybook and it's always like the wicked witch with her awful hair and big nose and spots everywhere and she's ugly and, and which is great because we love that. Of course, it's, uh, <laughs> but then, uh, I think Disney reinvented having those fabulous ladies, um, <laughs> uh, so elegant, but so evil. And, and I think that era of maleficent, Snow White Queen, uh, Lady Tremaine in Cinderella. Uh, I, I love the style. I love the look. They're so elegant. They're so villainous, villain. And, um, and I did that. I worked, um, with the Snow White Queen. She invited me to her castle last week and she was appearing on the top of the attraction of Snow White. And we did that fabulous moment where she came out of the, of her tower and she prepared a potion and, I saw that then she's so fabulous and thinking about that time, that was like the early forties and, uh, the inspiration was John Crawford. You mm. know, it's, it's, it's an, it's all, I mean, it's not, it's another era, but I think, yeah, this is really like the, and then I like the badness of Cruella and, and Medusa as well from the rescuers, Bernard and Bianca. I think it's a pity that we don't, use that character enough. She's so funny. The moment when she take her makeup uh, off in the, in the, in the underboat when she talked to Penny. I mean, it's an hysterical moment. Mm. of the eyelashes. <laughs> it, it's yeah. so funny. And the way she walked and she's like the fabulous lady. And then, so here, and so this is my fabulous, yeah, best feeling. And, and then hero, 
I love Aladdin. I think it's very cute. And I saw Aladdin last April on Broadway in New York. And the show was excellent. The cast was fabulous. And the Aladdin was amazing. And uh, I like Aladdin. I like that. But yeah, I like the fact that he's running everywhere. He's got his dream and he's, he's, he's a thief. He's a bad guy somewhere at the opening and he's stealing, he's stealing things, but he's still a hero. And, um, and I had that chance during the pandemic to discover Raya on Disney Plus. And I think that. Yes. That lady was, she's very interesting. She's not a princess. She's an adventurous and uh, she's, uh, She's beautiful, first of all. She's fabulous, fabulous look, fabulous animation. And the relation with the father and the relation with the dragon, I think it's a very interesting character. And I push in my direction to have Aya in the park. As try to welcome her in the Disneyland Park for meet and greet. But it's uh, because I think she's... Uh, it's a pity that those movies came out just like Luca or I love Luca. I love those two characters. Uh, it's a pity they came, the movie came out during the pandemic because almost, I mean, a lot of people haven't seen them. They were not on theaters. So, but it's, this time they still exist and uh, I love those characters very much. Yeah. I think Aya is a great heroine as well. And, and that cute little Luca living in the, <laughs> I think that moment with the, his, his friend uh, on earth and, I think it's a very emotional moment, especially at the end when they leave each other. And I think it's, yeah, it's great. Uh, and I think there's a great message behind it. I still need to see Luca, actually. Um, I, I really Same. enjoyed Raya, um, during the pandemic. It was a really good film. I think I need to rewatch it, but the, uh, for Luca, I, I think it's a good reminder for me to, to actually yeah, sit down and watch it because it, it, it looked beautiful on the, uh, on the trailers, definitely. And then it gives you the RV to travel it, travel because the, mm. it's Italy, Cinque Terre. I haven't been there, but neither have I. And it's like top of my list. Of my, yeah, exactly. <laughs> top of my list because it looks so good on the carton that you want to see it for real. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I was just reflecting on how you described Aladdin. It sounds exactly like Flynn Rider as well. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Flynn is even worse. He's very a bad guy at the opening, and but then he's yeah. up with him because he's so cute and so in love with Rapunzel, and yeah. they have together and all those fabulous uh, smolders. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> love it. <laughs> the continuing theme of just the the wanted posters where they can't get his nose right is yeah, hilarious. Excellent <laughs> moment, definitely. Yeah. I think one of my favorite villain songs that doesn't get enough love is. Um, Mother Knows Best from Tangled as well. I think Adam Go, um, what's her, um, what's her name? Uh, Mother. Mother Gothel. Yes, of course. Um, okay. it's just, uh, lyrically, it's just such a fantastic one to, uh, to, to listen to. And then I definitely have been known to sing that to myself in the car on my own. I don't subject anyone <laughs> to, to that, but it's, uh, it's definitely, uh, definitely a favorite of mine. So have you got any standout villain songs? Oh, I love Gaston. Gaston's song is perfect. Mm. I've done Gaston. I've used Gaston with many, many village shows. I love that song. I love, uh, yeah. And, um, we did, uh, I mean, my colleagues did a show, uh, with, uh, Snow White Queen, uh, last week and she was singing, I put a spell on you from Hocus Pocus. Wow. <laughs> really well. It's the perfect song for villains. Perfect song for villains, but it's, it's pop. It's rock. So it gives a different feelings to the character. Especially Snow White Queen coming from the Middle Ages, so 
<laughs> it's a, it's a new way of treating our characters. But I think it's very interesting because we, we, I mean, uh, things changing every day, the kids changing, the, the music relations. So you really have to be, um, focused on the music and the way you treat the characters with the music because it really, tell, it really talks to people. And, uh, but yeah, villains are very, very interesting to work with because they can say things that that guy just can't say. Just like working with Stitch. Stitch is a little three years old kid picking your nose and laughing and screaming all the time. And it's interesting because you kid just can't do that. So sometimes it's good to invite Stitch to your show. <laughs> um, I love Ursula. Just her and Poor Unfortunate Souls is such a great song. <laughs> yeah, you have to watch Hello Wishes. It's on, it's, it's on YouTube. It's a, it's a it's a fireworks show in, in, uh, in Florida. And the way they reinvented the poor unfortunate soul, kind of Beyonce kind of new way of orchestration, it's fabulous. I'm going to look that up. <laughs> yeah. Other wishes. Fabulous. Um, I think it's sort of a neat, a neat path to, um, who are your favorite characters to work with around the park? Not necessarily just on, on stage, but, um, who do you enjoy sort of interacting with or seeing in the park? Is it uh, sort of Mickey and the gang or, um, you know, some of the villains you might spot? Uh, my first reaction will be Disney princesses. I've, I was in charge of the princess week in August. We know we have every, every year now we have a princess week all over the world, everything Disney theme parks. And it's the emotion the princesses are giving to the kids. It's, it's wow. I mean, once again, it's going to give me goosebumps or tears in my eyes because uh, it, it's amazing. I mean, you, you put all those princesses together on the floor, on a parade. I did a show with Sleeping Beauty in Fantasyland where Sleeping Beauty was surrounded by dancers. And the way <laughs> little girls and little boys look at this, even the grown-ups, it's, it's, it's really like the Disney legacy. I mean, the, it's, it's a fairy tale coming to life. And the way that little girls or little boys just dress like them, and they just want to be like them, and they want. And sometimes, you know, they're going to tell some secrets, even a meet and greet. It's you just listen to them, and it's like, oh my gosh, it's yeah, it, it is really like something. It's big, it's big, especially when you're a, a kid. I mean, when you believe in your dreams and your story, on the storytelling, on on the books and fairy tales, it's. It's a big commitment. I mean, we have here for uh, what we have to give to our audience. It's uh, it's big. Amazing. Yeah. No, I, I remember seeing the princesses on the on the float uh, at one point in September, and I sort of was watching them, but then I was watching the crowd as well, and it was just like this. Everyone was sort of starry eyed, looking up at them. It was quite. It was quite um, quite moving as well. Just seeing, you know. <laughs> The mum, the daughter, the son, you know, just generational sort of adoration uh, for them. And uh, just, yeah, there's a special little mini moment, as it were. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I love kids for that because they're believers. They believe in everything they say. So it's fabulous. You can drive them the fabulous moment without asking any questions. They just go. It's great. Speaking of Maleficent, I love that float in the, in the parade with the dragon and it breathes fire. That was so cool to see. <laughs> it's 
good to notice that. I mean, you know, with the, with the creative team, we go uh, in a lot of festivals in, uh, in France and Europe to check what others doing. And we were really inspired by Royal Deluxe. I mean, I know they come to London many times. You know that uh, uh, company from Nantes in France? And they're doing that big Yes, I think, I've, I think I've seen them in London a while back. Yeah, just that sort of, yeah, that makes sense. Royal Deluxe. And we were, they're doing giant uh, walking. They're living in the town for four days, for example. So they're sleeping, they're eating, they're even peeing sometimes. Just, and you have like a team of 25, 30 guys walking, making those giants. Uh, alive and uh, and the city is living with them, and uh, and and then we were very inspired, and that that dragon is coming from the inspiration that we get from Royal Deluxe. So I think this, I mean, you can see all this mechanic systems and the, the the dragon, the way it moves. Yeah, it's really I think a new way of presenting uh, Disney stories, and I think it really it, it is really something. I think it really talks to the guests and. The way you go through the park, I think, yeah, it's very, it's fabulous. It's, it, it's the perfect way to present Maleficent, definitely. Yeah. It's very interesting. And that's, when I say that everything changed, it's always very interesting to check out what's down outside of your mind or of your park or of your country because it's, it's all about sharing, actually, yeah. being inspired and not stealing things, just being inspired. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, you can just sort of find yourself doing the same thing or thinking you know what people want. And I think it's just testament to why it's so effective at Disney that you, you know, you seek inspiration from, from other sources and other, you know, other, other countries and, and cultures. So yeah, it makes a lot of sense and why it resonates with so many people. Yeah. Katie, I think you should ask the next question. I should. Yes. You're, 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 you're much more accomplished than <laughs> I am on this. Um, what are your favorite rides or attractions in Disneyland Paris? My favorite rides, uh, when I go with my family, definitely it's Big Thunder Mountain. The fun that attraction gives to you. I love it. It pleases everyone because it's, it's scary, but not that scary. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it fits for everyone. <laughs> and then I must say, and it's going to sound stupid maybe, it's a small world because I think the message behind it, yes. I really like the message behind it. I think all those different countries thinking together, especially in that period of time when the world is getting so crazy. Mm-hmm. It, I think the message behind it, I and mean, you know, uh, Walt Disney created that attraction for uh, Exposition Universelle a long time ago. So that was just not uh, permanent. I mean, that was just under the tent. And the, 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 the way the crowd had welcomed that attraction, it's like, well, Disney said, oh my gosh, we still have to put it in Fantasyland in California. You see how it, how, it, how it created. And I'm not surprised because even if everybody says, oh my gosh, that song, we're going to, yes. we're going to have it in our mind for the, for the next two months. For forever. <laughs> And, and you know, once again, you have to put yourself into the, the, the mind of the, the eyes of a kid mm. having those 400 little dolls singing, it's heaven for them. Yeah. We just, I mean, and, and, and once again, I mean, we, I have to give a tribute to the people walking in the shade again. Every night we have teams changing the clothes. I mean, we can't even think about it. I was at a dinner last week. And I told my friends, like, you know that we have people walking in part of Caribbean, changing the wings every day, every night. They were like, no. what? <laughs> and 
but once again, this is the this is the details at Disney, and I'm so proud to work with that uh, company because we have people changing the clothes of the of the dolls every night because you know people sometimes spit water or you have the dust and and even me if I was not Disney I was like oh my god they did that in 1992 and it's there forever and but no I mean the, the, the all those fabulous wigs and and the changing every night just so we have every day it's a new day and it has to look like it's the first day so it's and and all those reference to the culture Mm -hmm. uh, Europe and America and India and uh, Egypt and Africa. I mean, it's a fabulous, it's, it's, a, it's a fabulous ride and it's a long ride. Mm -hmm. Sometimes ride at Disney is a bit fast <laughs> and yeah. uh, mm -hmm. this is a very long ride. So you sit with family again and to watch the parents taking pictures of the kids watching those fabulous 400 dolls. I mean, it's a fabulous show for me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, pure, it's pure Disney entertainment. Completely. Um, I've discussed this this ride before on the podcast uh, and how I loved it when I was youngest. And then when I first went to the park and then when I was more of a, an annoying teenager, I was like, Oh, what is this? But now as an adult, I'm just like, Oh my God, world peace. Why can't we all just get along? Um, and it's just, it's an assault on your senses. And yeah, that in a good way. Like it's just, you're just overwhelmed by all the color and all of the, the diversity and yeah. Um, and then the song. And then, and then <laughs> a little tribute to the Sherman brothers or like, who were like the Sherman, uh, the, um, the Ashman and, and Menken guy at that time in the, in the fifties when they created yeah. the song, it's a small word and it's so well produced. Like as you're traveling, the orchestration changes mm -hmm. with the instruments from each different culture. So I think that's very interesting. Maybe nobody noticed, and that's the magic of Disney again. It's like music changes and it gets you to a world to another. And I think that's that's very well done, especially the big finale at the end when they're sparkling and everybody's singing together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. This is the way that the world should run, but you know yep. sometimes. If they just listened to Disney, the world at large, <laughs> can you imagine? It would be a utopia. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I, um, I went on as a small world in 2019 and I was just like, where's Canada? So I was like, oh God, I've turned back into my younger self. It's amazing. Oh, nice. Yeah. But yeah. then I've got the Hollywood Tower of Terror where I think I had a shock. I wasn't the opening. I was Florida, I think in 1998, something like this. I was walking over there and, uh, I was with uh, all the team who created the attraction and I was so in shock with all those details. I said, those guys are crazy. It should be just, it could be just an elevator and the ride would be fine. But no, they tried you do that fabulous lobby and then yeah. you go down under the uh, underground and with all those machines to make that hotel works. And it's, it's crazy. I, mean, I haven't gone on it yet. I'm, I'm a little scared. I'm a little I've scared. I've done it twice now. Yeah, in my, in my short ride history, I've been on it twice. And the first time, <clears throat> I was just uh, not sure what was going to happen. And it was quite full on. But I went on in September for the second time and uh, went with a couple of the team. And uh, one of them had been on it before. And the other one, it was brand new to them. And uh, there's a lovely picture <clears throat> of me and Matt just basically sort of right at the top, just sort of smiling, going, this is nice. We were front row. And then there's just Amy in the middle of us. who was the one who hadn't done it before looking 
terrified pale face gripping <laughs> on to the sides. So it's good to have that sort of spread of, of reaction. Definitely. And it's just good to do the ride. Please uh, go to the queue lines, do the inside and just ask to exit just right before getting into the elevator. So you can have an idea of what the hotel looks. Because yeah. it looks really good. Yes. Yeah, no, a- I'll do it. <laughs> I'll say it now. And that means that Ollie's going to make me, I will do tower terror. It will happen. Okay. That you challenge for 23. <laughs> Uh, I still need to do a small world. Um, yes. So, yeah, we can, we can yeah. do a trade off of, of the perfect sort of end of spectrum. Right <laughs> so, oh my God, yeah. yes. <laughs> That'd be good. Um, I think just a sort of quick one. Um, I say quick, but <laughs> I think ultimately we've been very lucky to do some great work with you with, with Christmas, but also these, uh, the workshops this year. Um, in terms of the partnership with uh, Western Musical Choir and how it grows, what are you potentially looking to do in the future, as it were? I mean, personally, I'd like to do something from Tangled. <clears throat> I know that much, seeing as we yes. were talking about that with <laughs> Rapunzel. But is there any sort of sort of ambitions that you have that aren't quite on paper yet? Um, you're talking about the show we did in the Aeropolis? Um, yeah, I think it's just if there's other shows that you would like to do yeah. with us or choirs. Uh, I mentioned Let's Sing Disney earlier. That's something mm. we'd like to do with you guys, definitely. But you know, when I saw the show we did two years ago, that was like a five song show. And this year we did a seven, eight song show. I mean, the big difference, I mean, two, I mean, last year was fine, but this year, and sometimes, uh, it, it tells, uh, when I, when I saw the show we did last year, and I remember I mentioned to you, it's like, we missed some emotion and having remember me mm. Mm. was like the moment, the perfect moment in that show. And it's so important to work with emotion. And sometimes, and it, uh, it's good. The fun of Disney, the rhythm, the funny songs, it's great. But that moment, and when we, you sang it, uh, you, um, on Videopolis, I had a, uh, lovers couple in front of me, a lady and her, and her husband, and she's starting to cry for remember me because you think of your grandmother, grandfather, or people you miss. And I was like in tears and like, oh my God, once again, this is the magic of Disney. So mm-hmm. I'd love to expand that. And maybe the next one would be I See the Light. But I think I mentioned I See the Light last year in a brainstorming with you guys that I really want to bring that song on stage. But it's, yeah, it's men try to, because that, it's a great uh, singing show. It's a great singing show. And maybe we should, yeah, expand it. Maybe with Disney characters, that would be a dream. <gasps> but yes. it's a bit, it's a bit uh, what we want, we'd like to do with Let's Sing Disney, actually. It's like we came again the here and they just want to sing five or six best, perfect songs from the Disney repertoire. So this is where we'd like to go, definitely. And, and maybe also we're talking about the workshops, maybe to extend our, I mean, we have fabulous coaches, but maybe to expand our, our VGA of, uh, of person, of coaches. So, I mean, everything, everybody's different. So, uh, to maybe invite more coaches. So you have different feelings, different experience, different culture as well. Sometimes to work on songs and singing and acting. It's always very interesting as well. Definitely. That sounds epic. Let's do it. We're so so lucky to have Barbara and Lauren. I mean, they're fabulous ladies. They're so involved, so talented. But it's always good to 
go outside of the box and mm. outside of what we know and to put them to put ourselves in danger sometimes to experience more emotion and more stuff yeah well that's what that's one of the things that i love about western musical choir is that we get to work with so many different musical directors and they all have their own style their own expertise and it's just yeah i i could sing the same song every night of the week but with a different md and get something completely different out of it and i do that's that's what happens so yeah it's a, that's the best part yeah. one of the best parts <laughs> um so our last question for now unless we think of something else in a second <laughs> is open your itunes or spotify or amazon or whatever um your preferred music streaming platform. What's the last song you listened to? Oh, so it doesn't have to be Disney. It's fine. Yeah, yeah I, it can. It can. I, I wouldn't. Disney. I wouldn't be surprised if it was "Ready for the Ride" because that might be my favorite song of the year. Definitely. Oh really? Oh uh, yeah. Um, it's. Uh, I'm sure it's not, but uh, it's uh, one I love we, we enjoy. <laughs> we enjoy. We enjoy it definitely. It's in my playlist, but this is the song I love. This one. <laughs> do you have do you have like well it's not coming through maybe near your mic okay so it's Leah Michelle Christmas in the City oh. it's Christmas in New York I love that song and I, mm. I I played it yesterday because to welcome my cast in the studio where all the singers Nicki Mini were here so I I welcomed every day with Christmas in New York you have to listen to that song yeah. The video clip is really tacky, but I love tacky things sometimes, especially for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and it's really like a musical. It will, it's, it's really like, it's, it's enchanted, but Christmas version. It's Christmas in New York, Lea Michelle. Yeah. Was the song I, and then I'm very electro. I love electro music, but, um, and I love one of my best songs. I always listen is Save Your Tears for the Another Day, the weekend. I love that. Cool. I love that. Um, I, yeah, I love that it was Leah Michelle. That's, um, I love Leah Michelle. She's, if I can get to New York while she's still doing Funny Girl, I'm, ah, yeah, kaboom, my brain will go kaboom. Yeah, well, let's go together. Let's organize a trip. Oh my God, yes, let's do it. <laughs> yes. Let's go. I'm there for that. <laughs> yeah, no, I still need, to, well, I've only been once, um, but Christmas in New York is definitely a thing I want to do. And now I, and now that we have the perfect song for it too. <laughs> yeah. And you have to go to the Vanderbilt tower, New York. I experienced it last April. It's an attraction by itself. It's absolutely amazing. Okay. The tower. Top of my list. It's a ride. It's a ride. It's <laughs> Very cool. But they are crazy. New York is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. went in 2018. That was my first time. And it was, uh, quite, it, Living in London, I've lived in a big city most of my life, and uh, even so, I just got there and went, oh, wow, I feel very country mouse or little, little town mouse compared really? to New York. <laughs> Everything felt like turned up to 11 or 12 out of 10. It was uh, quite full on. I actually felt really at home. I just... Wow. There we go. Like, <laughs> and that's because I've lived in London for a long time, right? Um, but, yeah, I just I just felt at home. I was, listen, to your, listen to your heart. I know. I'm not going to move to New York, but... She's literally def- just got back to London after yeah. basically two years today yeah. or last night. So yeah. let's not send her to New York just... Yeah, let's not send me to New York. But I do want to go on holiday many times. 
But you're lucky to be in London because oh, here in Paris, we have the Lion King, yeah, for sure. We have the producers now. But that's, I mean, we have a lot of theater plays, but we don't have that many musicals. So you're very lucky yeah. to get everything uh, done. Yeah, we've spoken to Lauren about the musical theater scene in, in Paris and in France in general. Um, yes, we know it's small <laughs> because yeah. it doesn't resonate with the French for some reason. Yeah, it's, yeah it's, it's, it's cultural, it's education. I mean, yeah. you guys are singing at school, you're starting at four or five, doing shows and stuff. We don't, so it's not in our culture. It's it's a different world. But we are the Paris. It's, I think it's one of the cities where you have the most theater plays every mm-hmm. night. It's field of theater, but not musical. It's a different... Yeah. But that's interesting about culture. I mean, mm-hmm. Completely. So, yeah. But we're getting there. I mean, we have the Lion King. We have the producers. We're getting there. <laughs> did, you, did you ever watch uh, Notre Dame de Paris um, when it was in Paris? It's come over to the West End as well. Yeah, I don't like it. Okay. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it, it's a stra- it is a strange one. It sort of sits between French Canadian and West End Broadway, and it's just sort of, there's a couple of things I like from it, but it's quite French Canadian? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> It's As nice. a Canadian, I can react like that, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a nice song, but it's for me, this is the big mistake that, because it was a big success and it comes back to Paris mm. this uh, January for six months. Uh, but it's, um, French people think this is musical, but it's not musical for me. It's pop concert. It's yeah. opera rock, we say, mm. but it's not, I mean, there's no story. There's no sitting. There's no, I mean, the very, I mean, no, it's not my cup of tea. I love being uh, amazed by sitting and, and, and dancing and, and effects. And, or sometimes not. I, I remember my first time in London when I was here, and a long, long time ago, I asked my friend Jane, I said, could you reserve me a musical that I want like, the perfect musical ever with lots of sitting, decor, dancers. And she, she was welcoming, welcoming me at the WhatsApp station and said, okay, I choose a musical, but there's nothing. I said, oh, but I think it's great. And it's, um, this is Chicago. And uh, there's no, there's no sitting. There's no, I mean, of course, dancers, but, and I love it because it's, it's so, it's, it's so well produced and it's so interesting. So mm-hmm. there's no rule, but it's, yeah, not from the party. It's not, not my cup of tea. No, absolutely. Um, we are going on a choir social this evening to go and see a uh, choir of man. Who we've had on the uh, on the podcast uh, a few episodes ago, and um, it's a new a new musical that's sort of jo- coming back to the West End, and uh, yeah, we're excited about going to see it. But I, mm-hmm. I, I haven't seen it. Katie's seen it. Katie's spoken to the cast. I'm very excited about seeing what it's about because they're 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 adamant that I'm going to love it. So we'll have to see how it works out. Yes, you will love it. because we said so no but you will love it it's just such a feel-good like the plot is minimal um but it's just got such a important message about um mental health uh especially for men um and yeah and it's all it's like a it's a jukebox musical because it's all songs that we all know um but yeah, like Chandelier by Sia, they sing it in nine part acapella harmony, just like wow. amazing. So yeah, it's gonna be good. You will like it, Ollie. <laughs> I'm sure. 
Brilliant. Well, Emmanuel, thank you so much for um, for joining us today. Uh, it's been really enjoyable, and I'm glad that we have clearly similar Disney taste. And, yeah, uh, <laughs> we, we do. Yeah. So I hope that everything goes well with um, with the start of the Christmas season and yep. with all the work towards New Year. But hopefully, we'll see each other in 2023 at some point. Yeah, I'd like to yeah. meet you. So I will. I will see you in 2023. <laughs> Great. This is our challenge. Yes. Accepted. Yeah, we're very excited. (laughs) Christmas is just around the corner and it's the perfect moment now. So I'm very excited. Thank you for your time. Amazing. Thank you again. Thank you. Ollie. Yeah. Katie. We we made like the biggest mistake. Um, I'm sure that's true, but uh, can you uh, be more specific? I can indeed. So after our conversation with Emmanuel, I realized that when we were talking about Disney princesses mm-hmm. earlier in the year, we never talked about Giselle from Enchanted. And I just watched Disenchanted, which will also be the reason why this has sprung into my mind. And I'm just horrified because Giselle is amazing and she should have been mentioned. Giselle, I'm sorry. I love you. I think that's perfectly acceptable. Um, <laughs> I I also had forgotten about Giselle, uh, which is a shame. As another redheaded, exactly, uh, yeah, goes perfectly with the Little Mermaid love. Yeah, and you know other redheads. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I I haven't actually seen Enchanted properly, and I need to sort that out before watching Disenchanted. Yes, but the weird thing is, and I um, basically. I think I highlighted this before, but it's one of my dad's favorite films, just quietly on the side. Um, I love it. You know, he's he's in his 80s, but he's been loving it since it sort of came out. And uh, yeah, I I don't know why or how he came across it, but he loves it. And it might be Amy Adams predominantly, who knows? I mean, um, she's lovable. <laughs> my mum my loves Patrick Dempsey, so frankly, I can see what's Also lovable. The, uh, I know, very lovable. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so... so we have neglected Giselle, and I think we should definitely uh, make reparations to uh, to amend that. Yes. How would you start? Giselle, how do you know I love you? Because I do, etc. <clears throat> you are the best, most cheerful, most genuinely sweet Disney princess. <sighs> Please forgive me. I think that should probably do the trick. <laughs> I'm not going to attempt it because I, I, I'm too far behind the eight ball now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I, I do I, I do have a bit of trivia, though. Go for it. Um, I know one of the dancers in Disenchanted. Um, Very cool. Yeah, he's uh, one of my fellow um, London Musical Theatre Chorus members uh, in the chess concert. Brian O'Murray, uh, who's also been in Anything Goes. Uh, he's ridiculously good dancer lovely guy and uh he's currently in the book of mormon um i think i might have very that cool. already but basically he was uh drafted into book of mormon and about two weeks later he was able to announce that he was featuring in um sort of the dance sequences and disenchanted so yeah he's uh, okay well then nailing at the moment we need to watch that so you can point him out because yeah the I, dancing I, I, is cool I've got, I've got his screenshots okay <laughs> so good <laughs> i will share them but um, it'll be good to get brian on on the pod yes. in the new year. i've got a couple of other people lined up but brian is uh, a riot uh, wait, so. wait, wait 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 this means that i am one two three people 
I'm, I'm a third connection from Patrick Dempsey now and yes. Amy Adams. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. You're my, my priority shifted there for a second back to Amy Adams. Oh my God. That is so cool. Yeah. Very so cool. you're welcome for the bridge there. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm going to be watching Disenchanted, but I shall make sure that I watch Enchanted first. Otherwise, I'm yes, sure. please. I might watch it with my dad, actually. That'd be nice. You should. That'd be good bonding. Two hours yeah. and then. My parents couldn't get through Disenchanted. I don't even think it like properly got started before they gave up. And I was like, what? Why? Very confusing. <laughs> so hopefully that doesn't happen with your dad. <laughs> no, I think yeah, it would be fine. I mean, he's watched it numerous times. So, uh, yeah, I will uh, indulge in that. Yeah, I think it was just a, a very big mission. But thankfully, uh, Emmanuel sorted us out. Um, and that was just just such a great chat with him. He's uh he's very generous with his time as well he was you know as he was off to do um rehearsals that day and you know literally uh, the week later we had the um the team go over to open christmas so yeah fantastic work from him and uh we shall see if we can get him back at some point and uh the elusive sue (laughs) sue if you listen we love you please come talk to us soon you see, Emmanuel was was fine. He 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 survived. So hopefully, uh, yeah, exactly. Encouragement. In fact, Emmanuel's our new best friend. I'm sure he. He's your new pro- best friend. My new yeah. best friend. Okay, <laughs> my new best friend. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I, I get on with Emmanuel enormously, but I, I did enjoy the uh, sort of the back and forth between you two. Like, well, you share a lot of similar points there. That's great. Yeah, uh, yeah. Can't wait to meet him next time we go across to Disney. Yes. Definitely. Um, we are not doing Wemmick Loves this iteration, but we have a couple of episodes coming up in December for you where we will ask for your input. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you very soon on that. And I'm going to go to the last rehearsal of the term at King's Cross and hope that my voice even vaguely holds together. I don't know what's wrong with it, but it's been very annoying all day. So I'm going to stop talking and let Katie talk for the, for the last section. thank you (laughs) (laughs) um yeah i can't believe it's the last week of term um this episode should be coming out while it is still the last week of term so i hope you guys are enjoying it will will. will. yes it will and yeah just it has it It has has. (gasps) yeah there we go we time traveled um i'm a little i'm a little hyper today i don't know why guys sorry um but (laughs) i hope you're have been enjoying the last week of term singing through all the awesome songs we learned and enjoy any performances that you still have coming up. And we will be back prior to the new year with Wemmick talks, because like Ollie said, we have a couple episodes up our sleeves for you. And, uh, but otherwise we'll sing with you again in January. Can't wait. It'll be great. Cool. Um, yes. Yes. Thanks so much, and we will speak to you again very soon. Bye. Bye.